welcome back to But Why the Podcast, and today we're talking about Monster Hunter. As always, I'm Kate, and I'm here with Matt. Hello. I forgot Adrian's not here. <laughs> Adrian uh, got his COVID vaccine today, or before, whatever we're recording. You guys know we record ahead of time, and he is out for the day, a little bit sick. Um, but we are covering Monster Hunter, and we brought one of the biggest Monster Hunter fans I know break aka technique he is a content creator voice actor and host hello hello it's good to be here thanks for having me yeah thanks for coming on we're excited of course <laughs> very excited it's march and we're waiting on the new game so we are which is why we'll be covering this franchise i believe, in this, I believe at this point this game we're releasing in a few days after this episode goes up so that will be yep. it and as all the listeners know i just have gate Video games make my brain go burr, and I can't talk about them in super, super detail, so I'm not leading this episode. Matt is. Um, but before we get started, I wanted to ask, uh, Frank, why do you love Monster Hunter, and why are you here to talk about it today? Uh, Monster Hunter kind of fills that caveat. Uh, you know, as if you know me, um, if you guys out there know me listening, I'm a big MMO person. I love MMOs. I love RPGs in general, so kind of that in-between. Uh, it kind of gives you that old school Guild Wars one vibe where you have hub based settings where you can do stuff and, and figure out parties and quests with members and go out in the world and just have fun. And uh, it's a different world. You know, it's like you're, you're hunting monsters in an almost like an MMO pseudo light standpoint. Um, and then when you first see your first monster in the game, if you, you know, your first time playing a game, it kind of blows your mind. Right. It's like this giant monster that you shouldn't be nowhere near holding weapons shouldn't even be possible um so the imagination goes wild and i I just love it so much it's it's a it's an escape away from the norm and uh, there's really nothing out there that's that's like monster hunter honestly or if there is they're not doing it like monster hunter that is true because i know as i'm leading it i did look and like i don't know if monster hunter is the first for the genre but they're definitely looks like they are the best by far yes (laughs) Yes, um, there's some other ones out there, like uh, uh, the anime. What was it called? What's the anime where they hunt monsters? This is literally it's literally Monster Hunter, but it's an anime. <laughs> I can't remember what it's called, but that one is literally the same thing, but anime format, which is awesome. But they don't do it like Monster Hunter. Also, it's single player, I believe. So maybe co-op. Um, but yes, I'll be leading this episode and everything else. And as always, we start with an introduction question. And so the introduction question I have for you all is. What did you all know about the Monster Hunter franchise, if anything, before Monster Hunter World of 2018? So I'll go first. Uh, so I knew Monster Hunter because I'm a huge kaiju person. So give me giant monsters and it will make me happy. Again, mon- kaiju makes brain go brr. And that's kind of where I sit. Um, but I had played a little bit of, I guess, whatever got ported to playstation or nintendo i don't know I was all dating, of them okay all of them <laughs> i was dating a guy at the time whose favorite game series was monster hunter and so he always talked about it and so i started playing so i could understand it more um but we only had one console it was real weird uh so i had very light knowledge i just knew that it had really dope creatures and that it was a setting that i i would like um, and then, of course, everything exploded with Monster Hunter World. And um, sadly, I've spent more time with that dumb movie than I have actually Monster Hunter World. <laughs> so that's where I am. Very base level. Big Monster Gober. That's it. <laughs> Frank, how about you? Yeah, I well, um, funny enough, I was in Japan. Goodness gracious, feels like a lifetime ago. I think around 03, 04 or 04, 05. I can't somewhere in there in college. Uh, I lived in uh, Kansai, um, Osaka, where I went to Kansai Gai Dai Gako, and um, Monster Hunter was everywhere. I mean, you you know, in, they, they do it big in Japan, and also in Korea. Uh, when a video game's coming out and it's big, it's not like here, right, where you, you, know, you get advertisers on TV, maybe some ads on the internet. There's posters that are the size of a building, you know, there's on the side of buses, and I'm like, what is going on? Um, I had to look into it, and everybody is so big in Japan, it's we think we are big fans. It's it's one of the leading games of Japan uh, by far. People look forward to it. Every iteration of it is is big to them. It's great, and um, you know they they 
they have plushies they have crossovers with every other game you name it mobile games galore is is there so i had to look into it and i was like oh this is cool um as as you said kate i'm i'm i love giant monsters so much um i'm a big godzilla fan um and just seeing that i was just like wow you're not just watching them fight each other which you can in a game which is awesome but we get to fight them you know and um you almost feel at first i was feeling bad about, about killing <laughs> monsters i was like i love them they're cool uh but until they started attacking you but then you know yeah so it's 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 definitely a series that um is close to the heart because it was a way for me to me and my japanese friends at the time uh kind of bond and connect um, over those games and, and instead of it being a school setting and me speaking English for them and them speaking Japanese for me. That's awesome to hear. Cause this will definitely be probably one of the biggest themes of this entire episode of like, this is probably the largest franchise that most people in America have no idea exists until like <laughs> 2018. Cause they have an entire thing of like, that's what I learned probably the most of doing these notes of just how huge this thing was in Japan. Cause I knew it existed before, but like you all, I kind of really never saw it. And I, as I went through, I realized why I hadn't played it. Cause it was a very, you know, most of the games are Japan only, which we'll learn. And also they only come out on usually one console, maybe with a later port. But, um, yeah, that is, that is great to hear. Cause especially except as we get in. So I guess we'll go right into like the background of everything. Uh, this franchise actually began in 2004 and it developed and published by Capcom um, it was one of them doing the notes of I was like, oh, this is a young franchise. And then I realized, oh, my gosh, that is 16 years ago. To clarify this for listeners, it was not just, oh, gosh, this is old. It was like, Kate, oh, my God, this is older than I thought. I was like, what? He was like, yeah, it came out in 2004. I was like, that's that's not that. Oh, it's 2021. OK. <laughs> yeah, the year 2000 seemed a lot shorter than the 90s the 90s feels <laughs> yes. like eons ago yeah exactly 2000 when you say 2004 like, oh, that was yesterday you know yep. like <laughs> mm-hmm. um but the franchise did start on the ps2 and it kind of like, slowly moved over to other consoles for the most part but not by much but the main thing you'll see is it came to handheld and it became very handle a very popular uh handheld and basically almost defined the psp for the most part um and then even as it moved into the uh 3ds um, the main games have all been released worldwide, but it wasn't actually until 2018 that the uh, Japan and North American uh, release were actually simultaneously. But before, there's always a delay in there, um, with probably the longest being Monster Hunter 4, which took all, just over a year and a half, almost two years before it actually got to uh, North America. And I think that this is something that we talked about on our Resident Evil episode, we talked about on our Final Fantasy episode, and our Kingdom Hearts episode, and any episode that has a Japanese-based like game, there's just an entire world of gaming that Americans don't see because we're not playing those games, we're not in Japan, and we can't because they're, they're region-specific. And it's one of the fascinating things to me, and I think that this is actually really like on the nose now because Nosha or Genosha just came out and it's hitting 10 and 10 out of 10s across the board like for a lot of gaming sites we have a 10 out of 10 review on it and it was out in Japan already so Japan's already had this entire awakening around that visual novel and now the U.S. is and Monster Hunter is like the big another giant example of like giant franchise that we never see for a long time yeah you brought up a good point about it being handheld and stuff like that handheld is so important to japan and pretty much uh just in asia in general because we spend so many time we spend so much time in cars and stuff like that you know they're on they're on trains they're walking uh that's why mobile games in general and there's so many there's actually monster hunter mobile games as well yep um on phone and those are really really big and we just kind of browse over those kind you know it, it takes it takes a real big influence for us to jump on board over here also you said it takes a while to come over here. We're always getting like late ports or, um, you know, older renditions of the of the title. Or we don't get the updates immediately. But yeah, Monster Hunter is it's so big over there, uh, especially in handheld. Uh, it's funny how you said that because I remember seeing that a lot. Yeah. Um. So let's kind of get a quick synopsis for those of you that don't really know what hand uh, what Monster Hunter is. Obviously, this is going to be a very short broad. We'll get into more details later in the episode, but basically the franchise is a series of action RPG games where players kind of do what the title says, where they hunt monsters. Um, they usually hunt monsters either to protect their villages, kind of the hubs, as Frank mentioned, or even for research purposes, you know, and gathering stuff for crafting and everything else. Um, that's definitely a high level <laughs> synopsis of it, but that's kind of the gist of the game. And so, 
as we mentioned before, it's getting around for a while, so we'll kind of talk about some of the games. There's basically six, I guess, quote-unquote main games. This is including the new one, Monster Hunter Rise, which releases on March 26th, I believe. Um, and then there's, as even Frank said, there's so many spinoff remasters, expansions, ports. Um, looking this up, it felt like this was like a 1990s version of the game because there was just like, they're like an expansion was just considered a new game, but reality was just an expansion. And so it was kind of, so I missed some stuff, obviously for one, this obviously is in Japan, but also it was confusing because they just kept retitling and renaming so many things. Um, so to get started, we had Monster Hunter 1, 2004. Actually, only had a, a 68 on Metacritic for the PS2. Um, this game actually was not that popular. It didn't really sell that well. It just kind of came out. And then we have Monster Hunter 2, uh, 2007. This was actually only released in Japan. And you still can't even find that here in the States. But they did have, as we mentioned, the portable Monster Hunter. They changed the name to Freedom 2. That came to the PSP, and that was only a 72 from Metacritic, and then you get to the more Monster Hunter Tri, you know, 2010, 84, came on the Wii, and then, you know, Monster Hunter 4, 2015, Metacritic 86 on the 3DS, and the Monster Hunter World 2018, Metacritic of 90, and then obviously, like I said, we have Monster Hunter Rise 2021 releasing on the Switch. Um, you can see kind of they get up higher, um, the, uh, the ratings kind of go higher as we get up, and for both part, it might be the games are better. But honestly, it's going to be the factor between Japan versus uh, North America and these ratings because it does seem to show a lot of the uh, earlier ones and it being two tend to be higher rated in Japan than they are in Americas. And that's mainly just literally just because of the handheld stuff. And so kind of I wanted to list some of the um, important, the big, large like spinoff ones we said. And the biggest one I did not realize and know is apparently Monster Hunter Frontier Online, which was basically an MMO that was only in Japan. And this thing lasted for 12 years, from 2007 to 2019. It was actually even it went through different stages where they had Monster Hunter Frontier G, which was like a rename from 2013 to 2016, then Monster Hunter Frontier Z, which is 2016 until the essential um, ending of 2019. Did any, have any of y'all even knew this existed? I did not at all. I knew the rumors of an online game of it being there, but I didn't have too much interest because it wasn't here. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, fair enough. Um, <laughs> that's been so, my, that's been my experience as an anime fan. Be like, oh, they released X Y Z like crossovers over here. It's like, oh, cool. Can I play? No. Okay. Well, which is kind of sad because which is kind of sad because they also had a Monster Hunter Online. Just that's what it was called from 2013 to 2019, but it was only released in China. So China got their own Monster Hunter MMO. You know, Japan had their own MMO for this game. Everybody's getting their own MMO, but sadly not anybody in, I guess, the Western uh, part between Europe and North America. And I then it's because publishers are just afraid to pick up that series. Yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of like, hey, I mean, we had Japan themselves say, hey, we're going to remake Final Fantasy VII. Everybody was like, uh, you're doing what? You know, so I can yeah. only imagine <laughs> our publishers trying to pick up a Monster Hunter online game. <laughs> It yeah. is, and you'll probably you may answer it later on, but like it is weird that it does take so long to come over here, given the foothold that like Japan and Japanese games have in gaming to begin with. That like it like I I I would love to know why publishers didn't pick it up for U.S. distribution. To be honest, because that's a that's a good. Point. Um, I like, found I been scared for. Some I do reason. have a few reasons. I don't know if they're exactly on the head, but from what I could find in digging, which we'll kind of get into. Thing. Um, but kind of moving on to the next one, we have Monster Hunter Stories, which is probably the first one that probably people remember from North America on the 3DS. Um, it had a 79, and then probably the t next biggest one, which was weird because. This is one that I'm going to probably even ask Frank to probably help explain exactly thing, but Monster Hunter World Iceborne. It's Metacritic 80, uh, 89, and apparently it's an expansion of Monster Hunter World, but is yep. it like a totally different game, or is it the same game? Because they did change things in it, or is it... It, it, it could have been. Um, you know uh, you know how they do expansions here. They like to sometimes charge it as a whole game, <laughs> um, and I believe it was pretty expensive. I want to say it was like 40 bucks. I don't yeah, know. that's why I was like, I is this just it. a new game or a full expansion? No, it's, it's a full expansion. They just added so much to it. They even added more um, movesets to each weapon. Um the claw um, capabilities and mechanics with the claw where you can attach to the monster and do attacks off of it was something new. I I think that played a role with the wire bug coming up in the new game. Um, they added some new gear. There's tons of crossovers with it, new monsters. They brought back some oldies that people love from Japan, actually. 
um, people that are true fans were just like, oh, my God, this here. And I'm just like, what is this? Oh, you know, so, yeah, it could have been its own title. It was definitely a whole new experience and added many hours. And uh, you went for your, you, you had your master rank system in there, too. Right. So you had hunter ranks before and now master ranks. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, because I've heard nothing but great things about it. But I remember just the being confused for a little while what exactly this was. Um, but those are kind of some of the games we have. There's also, as we mentioned, plenty of more other games. A lot of them we don't even know and stuff. Like I said, there are plenty of handhelds, um, even more just general games that were only released in Japan and whatnot else. Uh, but we do have plenty of other media. And the best thing I found looking this up, which I told Kate to actually go find this for me, but she has unfortunately not been able to. But there's a, actually an anime that's 75 episodes called Monster Hunter Stories Ride On. It looks wow. adorable, and I wish I could find it because it looks it, – it, I would watch this. I would watch the hell out of this. No, it looks great, um, and it ran from 2016 to 2018. Um, I'd really be interested if we could ever find that to watch that. It looks cool. Um, there's also a four-volume manga per, uh, that was published by Capcom and Kodansha um, called Monster Hunter, I guess, Orge? Question, or one thing. So it should be on Funimation at some point. It says here. Okay. It, it wasn't when I looked, but I don't know. I'm going to look after this, but this is going to be great. It, I, I thought for sure maybe Crunchy would have it, but yes. Okay, continue. Yes. Uh, well, there is a manga, Monster Hunter. Is that just Orge? Orage? Orage. Orage. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that also ran. It was four volume, as I said, published by Capcom and Kodansha. And then there were some comics where basically they were, that featured Monster Hunter stuff, part of this world you unite from Archie comics that featured many Capcom and Sega, comp, uh, Sega characters. I would like to point out that this is not the first time that Archie comics has come up in like a crossover thing. If y'all listening remember our Predator episode, there's also a whole bunch of Predator and Alien crossovers with Archie comics, which I... For the life of me, don't understand, but, you know, more power to Archie and Jughead, I guess. Um, there's also a card game, Monster Hunter Hunting card game from 2008 that was only played in Japan. Um, I don't think it was very popular, to be honest. It didn't seem to do too well. Um, and then we have kind of the latest thing. There are two latest things. There's an animated movie called Monster Hunter Legends of the Guild, which is, was supposed to be slated for two years ago. It's kind of fallen back and nobody knows what's happened to it. Um, but suppose that's coming. And then obviously last year you have Monster Hunter 2020 um, that came out. Basically has a Rotten Tomato score of 46, a Metacritic score of 44, an audience score of 70, which I think people, I'm just going to straight right now, people were probably so tired of not having any new movies that they apparently like this movie because I've seen this movie and this movie is terrible and awful. But there was, uh, as we always do on the show, we look up musicals. There was actually no musical around, but there have definitely been plenty of orchestra concerts. People love the music to this game. It's very renowned. It's not quite Final Fantasy-esque, but it's up there, especially in Japan and other places. Cool. So does anybody have any, kind of any questions on any of this media we get before we get into our But Why Those and deep dive into this franchise? I would like to say for everybody listening, that I need more manga adaptations of video games because they're great. Uh, so I have the Sekiro um, manga from Yen Press. Phenomenal. I can only hope that these are great because uh, Kodansha usually picks up some really great titles. If you don't know, Kodansha does uh, all the Sailor Moon publishing as well as Attack on Titan, um, Blame, that kind of stuff. Um, and the cool thing is, more as an aside because I have to talk about it, uh, video game publishers and adapting those, it helps kind of diversify the market away from Viz, which while I love Viz and we work with them a lot, having more options in your manga publishers is great. So, yes, and now I want to go find those Monster Hunter ones. Did you say, did, do you know if they were localized in English or were those Japanese-only manga? Uh, I have no idea. Okay, I'm going to look that up because it makes a difference. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it does, but I, I was not sure, to be honest. 
All right, cool. So to get into but why those, we'll start with what I always start with with every episode that I lead. This is a successful franchise. Um, the funny thing is this is probably the most successful franchise we've done that probably most of our listeners and anybody in North America did not realize it is. And that's been probably going to be the big thing of these but why those. Um, mentioned the franchise has been around for 16 plus years. Um, they have a new game coming out. It's actually sold over 66 million units. And so clearly it's going to continue to grow as they release more games. It's actually Capcom's second highest selling franchise, only behind Resident Evil, which is actually pretty impressive when you think of Street Fighter has been around since 1987 and then Resident Evil even, you know, 1996 and plus you can think we can't even name how many Resident Evil games there probably are between all the ports and everything else. There are too many. Um, and then obviously Monster Hunter World, which we'll kind of talk into later, you know, the, ha the highest and the fastest selling game for Capcom ever. And this is all pretty damn amazing despite the first game didn't do that well overall and it's pretty much almost exclusively been in japan and then like i said they've definitely won some awards especially monster hunter as well so so kind of how did that get that this is going to be the great story which frank i'm excited to hear your input in some of this thing especially as you, since you were over there in japan of basically this but why the japan to north america with as i call it portable along the way um, we have Monster Hunter 2 releases in 2007, and then Monster Hunter Freedom, kind of, and then it was actually Monster Hunter Portable 2 was the actual Jap Japanese name, releases on the PSP, and once this releases, it basically, the game explodes. Um, and so, there's a few reasons why it ends up exploding in Japan and not North America. Um, the first one, I just want to throw this in here because we always have fun laughing at this one of... The Japanese developer did not think Americans could actually handle the steep learning curve or playing the game, which is a very common thing that we get in all <laughs> the games we right. <laughs> um, But also kind of this, what they call ad hoc gaming. So essentially, North America at this time had moved past the land parties of Halo, Quake, and everything else, and kind of this more spread out online gaming, which I guess is technically now the traditional game online gaming now. <laughs> Oh, um, lands, yeah. carrying an Xbox on your back and or a tower. But um, essentially, they still have this infrastructure of playing, basically playing games with friends in close proximity and then portable gaming, uh, which obviously, Frank, you mentioned before, like when you came out and think like you and your friends just played this all the time. And I read so many articles of like, yeah, me and my friends just used to play this on trips, on buses and everything. It was, it was like I said, the bonding period. I mean, this game, you know, it's funny how you said the steep learning curve. That game has a steep learning curve for real. Like, <laughs> you need to go, like, I, I, there's only a certain games that I say you need to go to college and have a degree to play, and that's like Path of Exile and uh, Monster Hunter. Because that, on the surface, you know, the first thing we do, we Americans do, I should say, is we smash buttons because we're so yep. used to fighting games, right? So you go into Monster Hunter smashing the, uh, what button is it? square button you know on a playstation <laughs> controller and that's not how it works <laughs> so you, you know so i went in doing the same i was like i would get in there just look at me like what is we brought, you should not have brought him um <laughs> you're embarrassing me frank yeah and the game that i play you, you, you can even play as a cat thing you're like why don't you join that <laughs> like be that <laughs> so i was just like all right but yeah it's it's definitely has a real steep learning curve there's a lot of crafting mechanics behind it and I, it, it really does take years of playing the games to really get into. And then they change. And the funny thing is, I know we're going to get into it later, but Monster Hunter World is supposed to be the easiest one. <laughs> yeah, that's actually true. I did see that. Yeah. They tried to make it for global audiences, <laughs> for sure. Um, it was still hard. <laughs> I do like that you brought up Path of Exile because it's a game that I've thought about playing. But then I see every time I see that tree, I'm like, nope, I'm not doing this. Nope. There is a guy that did a 40-hour learning course. 40 hours oh a college my course. God. Yes. I, I was like, I know you I didn't have even a, cover everything. I'm just like, that's I'm not like a fourth that. of a way to a degree right there. Yeah. <laughs> Man. I, uh, yeah. I was going to say one of the things that it's really interesting because I know that like a lot in the U.S., like when we think of mobile gaming, we think or we used to think of like Candy Crush and Farmville mm -hmm. and like and so mobile gaming in the U.S. ended up being depreciated so much, whereas like other countries are having these whole ass games on you know in these things and like because i remember the psp and the vita and like those didn't get the love that they deserved here and to be honest like as much as i think like the nintendo handhelds were doing well 
I think the Switch and Nintendo just saying, oh no, our whole console is just going to be handheld now. Americans adapt. Um, I think that that's what's really pushed a lot of like at least mobile games becoming different for the American conscious now. And then of course, like cloud gaming with like xCloud and stuff like that, pushing it towards like letting you see mobile as more than just those things. Um, Because it's crazy when you think about like, uh, because mobile gaming was really high in Europe for a while as well, just because a lot of trains a lot yes. of you know yep. commutes where you transportation don't have to take a waiting car. Yep. infrastructure if you will yep. um and then you also look at places like um latin america which is where a lot of the mobile esports leagues really started getting a foothold and people realized that they could make money because there you have a different thing people are pushed to mobile gaming because of unstable internet connections but mm-hmm. you have stable data connections and so like it's really cool to kind of see the U.S. finally catching up with literally the rest of the world. Because yeah. um, now, if I have the option to play a game, a lot of the time I will choose to play it on my Switch because I can take it with me. So, like, uh, like I review a lot of platformers and stuff like that. And so, like, I prefer to have that on my Switch than I do my computer. Um, anyway, that was an offshoot. But mobile gaming isn't a place where, like, finally I mean, Americans respect it, which is very nice. It, I mean, it's not too big of a thing, because that's kind of the next point I had, was just basically po- uh, portable gaming, as we kind of mentioned, of the infrastructure, literally just between travel and commuting, buses and trains versus driving. And then, obviously, the North America relying more on consoles and PCs versus Japan. Yeah. And then, like I mentioned, you can actually see this in a lot of the reviews. Um and whatnot else. Uh, I mean, how much did you play on the go when you were in Japan? I mean, was it just something oh, oh, you always had? Yeah, it's a lot. I mean, first of all, uh, not to derail this, but the cell phones were a thousand times better than I cell totally phones. believe that, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just remember, I just remember we went to that LG yep. house that like, oh, yeah. South Korea ran at South oh, yeah. by, and they were like showing us tech that was like, okay. Thanks. I'm not going to have this in like five years, but thank right, you. Right. You're way more advanced. Those cell phones <laughs> were, we were playing like Snake when they were playing like regular regular games. <laughs> like, you know, and, and mobile in general is huge over in both Korea and uh, Japan. I only speak of those because I've been there um, to where that's where a lot of people make their money, um, honestly. And and I think was uh, the one of the biggest games in Korea right now was uh, Lineage, like the first one. And it's on mobile. And you can because oh. you can make real money from it. <laughs> so it's like looking at these games that these the mobile is so big in Japan. I want to say even more popular maybe than the consoles because more people own them. Um, and you have to think about it. you have Famcom handheld, you got uh, Neo Geo, you have all these different handhelds, and all we know is Game Boy, ESP. <laughs> you know, that's <laughs> wild. Well. Which is kind of funny. My mom still calls the Switch a Game Boy. I just want <laughs> I just want everybody listening to know that. Which kind of leads to the next point of like we talk about North America catching up, and it's actually not until the Nintendo 3DS comes out that Monster Hunter actually starts gaining popularity in North America. And I mean, honestly, the same principles as the PSP, but everybody actually liked the 3DS more than the PSP, and that's about it. I mean, there really no other differences other than I mean, I know the PSP kind of had problems, but at the end of the day, that was really the only difference. They just like I don't want to play a Nintendo one and not a Sony one. Yeah, probably the popularity of Nintendo is a home name to us, you know, yeah. versus PlayStation with handhelds. I mean, Nintendo came out for, I think if the PSP, PlayStation made a handheld first, would probably be kind of the opposite, right? Probably be like on board with PlayStation stuff. I, I thought the PSP was good, you know? I mean, we joke around all the time. The Nintendo just blows sales out of the water, period. I mean, you have all this high tech in like the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X and all these things, but the Nintendo Switch just affordable everybody wants one and if they even if they don't want it they got it <laughs> so. yeah, we, we'll, we'll take that 720p gaming we don't need a 1080 yeah, yeah we'll take this with sometime 30 fps i don't know what it is but i actually think the switch like i and obviously like i play it to review games and then i put like 300 hours in animal crossing at the start of the pandemic um hey. but there's just something about it like being there for you all the time (laughs) like it's like a comfort console because we lost power during the texas the texas freeze and stuff oh yeah guess what console i could play my switch because i could charge it in the car (laughs) you know funny embarrassing story about me uh you said comfort system i was just telling my wife the other day um she was like why do you always grab your switch before you go lay down i literally sleep with my switch it's funny it puts me to sleep i don't play it i just have it next to me <laughs> i always have the idea of playing it and i'm just, like, just sleep with it 
and I get it every night. It's not even sitting on the dock right now because it's in the bedroom. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I get it. Some people um, sleep with plushies. I sleep with a switch. Whatever, whatever works. Priorities. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, which kind of all ends up leading all the way to basically Monster Hunter World 2018. I know we've been kind of hitting around it, but this is the spot that I really want to dive in and talk about it, where Capcom finally said, hey, Monster Hunter popular. We think we can do it. Let's kind of make it. Let's use this console capabilities. Let's use all this you know, new internet technology. And let's make uh, basically the global, finally, quote-unquote, casual, as we talk about, Monster Hunter World for everybody. As we said, it was simultaneously reached both in North America and Japan. And this game just hit. It's the, ha- you know, the highest, fastest-selling Capcom game ever. It's won ton- ton- tons of awards. It's critically acclaimed. This game is, like, amazing for any Monster Hunter fan. So, Frank, now, I know you've been waiting all the time. Well, tell uh-huh. us all about it. <laughs> Uh, yes, this is a great uh, entry level monster. <laughs> I don't even want to say that. Uh, you know, if I was in Japan, my friends would be like, "Yeah, it's a great like beginner monster." Hunter. This is, <laughs> you, if you want to really get into the world of monster Hunter and enjoy it, you really need to spend hours on it, and I mean hours on it. And but the funny thing is, the grind in this game is not a bad grind. Um, there's many of weapons, and each weapon has its own play style. Once you learn the controls, that's the first step. Uh, the first step people take is they get in the character creator and spend like 30 hours on it. And I'm just like, guys, you don't, you're not even going to see your character half the time. You'll be in armor plated all the way up to your neck. Why are you calling me out right now? Uh, that's what I, I tell Kate that every time. Why? You I'm like, you're going to be wearing a helmet and a chest piece. Who cares? Yeah, by the time you figure out, oh, I don't see my character half the time, then you, then you learn how to get into the mechanics. Um, <laughs> weapon choice decides your gameplay in the game. So you have to like, honestly pick a weapon that suits you. And, I always tell people, pick the one that you think you're not going to like first, because typically you end up liking it. Because the first thing is, I'm a bow person in most games. Pick that bow up in Monster Hunter World, put it down. Uh, <laughs> it uses a lot of stamina. It drains you. You you find yourself dying a lot, and you're just like, well, I'm having fun. Not really, but it's cool. And then that's, that's the point where a lot of North Americans dip out. Is there like this game is hard? I'm used to playing games on easy where I press <laughs> buttons and they die. Well, it's not the way. Uh, yeah, so it's it's really great once you learn the game mechanics. Each monster has its own mechanic. Each biome has its own like uh, kind of like a survival. Like we, an iceborne is cold. You have to drink warming stuff, and people don't prepare beforehand. So a typical me would go out. Pick up a weapon and sling it at a monster and, and not bring potions, not prep for anything like that. No stamina food, nothing. And uh, yeah. So Kate, Kate's definitely not being able to play this game. Yeah, I was going to say, as every time we play, every time we go into a dungeon in Final Fantasy, Matt has to remind me to put on my food because oh, I food? just don't ever put it on. Yeah, don't worry. So. Uh, my wife does the same thing. She's like, you got your experience food on? I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot. Sorry. It's kind of, as he mentioned, kind of thing, which kind of will probably end in the last big part is kind of the gameplay. Yes. And what we're talking about. They said this was an action role-playing game. Its core feature is this compulsion loop. Which is kind of, for those of you who don't know, it's a challenge, reward, anticipation, repeat. So you challenge, kill monsters, rewards, basically collect the loot afterwards, and whatever, in anticipation, buying new gear. And then, as I mentioned, players do quest and mission slash quest, you know, consists of killing monsters via this weird pass or fail system. Essentially, you kill it or you don't kill it. I'm sure there's a few other ones in there, but for the most part, the general inset. And the cool thing I like about this game is it was always designed around this co-op online play. Like, Monster Hunter... The original was literally created and launched with PS, uh, the PS2s online. And so that's kind of how it's always been. Yep. And then probably the most fascinating part of this, and it's weird for an RPG game to even say this, and it, I have to keep giving myself up to where this, there's no statistics or attributes at all. And it, there is, but not the way oh. we think there is. Oh, okay. of essentially yeah that because people are like wait what i know frank's looking at me yeah, like, but no <laughs> no there's like, about to reach through this screen yeah, no, that's, no. that's what's so, so there's so the statistics and attribute but not in the way we think of it basically everything right. determined by your weapons and your gear alone so it's not like you yes. level up and you put it in your like a traditional D type game or what you think or you're like i'm a level my other stuff nope oh right right yes yeah so everything is dependent on your weapons and gear your weapon kind of determine your abilities and then your gear kind of boosts your stats and then you know and any other types of boost which also lead to this beloved crafting system for mm-hmm. that so that's what i wanted to ask questions about because that was the one thing anytime 
the dude I was with would play a game. He'd be like, well, Monster Hunter World, this crafting does. I was like, I don't care. We're not playing that game. <laughs> um, so I want to know more about this system and like how, because I'm assuming that if all of your traits or your skills are attached to your weaponry, it's going to be like a multi-level crafting system or something like that. So what what's, what's it play like? Yeah, so, okay, so skills is not really a... Well, when we say skills, we're automatically going to default ourselves to like one through nine, you know, skill set. Right. It's not really that. Um, so speak. So, all right. The crafting is very complicated. Um, I'm trying to make this very simple. So you have a chest piece, a helmet, you know, you have your different pieces of armor. That's one. Uh, once you get that, you're, you're not good to go. You're like, okay, I'm in basic armor. I'm not going to die instantly, but you have to have, there's, there's decorations, they call it, which are gems what we would like normally say. Those make up everything on your character. Uh, it goes down to the point of it's a Pokemon system in the game. If you go after Ice Monster, you hit him with an Ice Sword, then obviously you're not going to do hardly anything to it. So you want to go. Now you have to grind. So after you get your whole gear, Kate, you're good. You're decked out. You're ready for, uh, I don't know, you're ready for Ragnos. And you're just like, okay, this 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 creature is poison. I got poison resistance gear on. I have a sword that does fire damage. I'm great. And then when you go up against a fire monster, you're like, okay, I don't, my gear doesn't mean anything. <laughs> so now I got to go craft. So that is the lore of the game, right? So yeah. you think of it as a simple concept. You know, like you said earlier, Matt, you go and you kill a monster. You get you get pieces, components over and over again, rinse and repeat. You get gear. It's kind of like typical like MMO standpoint, right? But it's deeper. Um, because once you get the gear, you got to get the decorations. Once you get the decorations, you got to get the upgrades for the gear. And once you get the upgrades for the gear, you have to craft special components and then fight elite monsters and then like the you know the elder dragons and stuff like that. And then those have major, huge like Final Fantasy uh, fourteen type raid mechanics in it that can one shot you. <laughs> so, <laughs> so then that that's the thing. They really push you to play with other people in this game, hands yeah. down. So back to the crafting. Once you get that done, then you have your palico, which is your little cat friend. You have to deck them out, you know? So it's like <laughs> all this stuff. Uh, and then there's the funny thing is, if you're like me, you'll get the gear you need, and it looks atrocious. It's like you're a big turtle. <laughs> oh, and you're no. like, I, now guess what you got to craft? Transmog gear. <laughs> so like, and that takes the same components as your other gear. So it's like... Yeah, crafting is definitely the biggest part of the game. That's the biggest reward of the game is being able to craft. And if you don't have the item, you go to the NPCs that you have to bring multiple sets of gears, uh, multiple sets of pieces to make those tickets that you need multiple of too. So yeah, they keep you busy. <laughs> so yeah. I do have a question. With, yeah. So like with needing so many different types of gears mm. do you get like is there an over encumbered do you just have them on you at all the times do you just go per like okay i know i'm going to this zone gotta change everything go back home change put that stuff up take this stuff out what's that yeah. look like um there's a chest uh in each zone especially in the hub, the hub world i should say and you can create your own sets and then like people that are serious monsters have sets for different monsters in different areas now you can make a generic set that does just pure damage, right? You can, you don't have to have the elemental sets on it. Granted, elementals do way more damage if you're fighting the opposite element, but you can make a damage only set. And some weapons, like the great sword and the hammer, a lot of people just go straight raw damage because you just want to put out as much damage as possible to knock the monster out. Yeah. Um, so that those are there for you. You don't have to like stop what you're doing. They have expedition mode where you can just free roam fight monsters until they die or they leave. They get bored of you because you're not doing enough damage. Uh, <laughs> oh, wait, what? Yeah, my, yeah monsters <laughs> just like, like, you've been trying for an hour and a half. I got a, I got a meeting with the other monster hunter. I'm out. Like, literally, they just dip out the zone. And that you fail your mission. You're just like... a level uh, of petty that I appreciate in a, yeah. in a imagine, game monster. Imagine on stream with that. Yeah, you're just like... Yeah, um, we're going to cut the break real quick. So... Uh, <laughs> Yeah. So what's your favorite mechanic from fighting these monsters that you've had to deal with? Or I guess your oh, hardest man. one. Oh, oh. It's when you think the monster's not paying attention to you, that monster comes for you. So let's say we're in a party of four. I'm out. I'm like, hey, I'm gonna back up here. My 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 uh what do you call it? It's like a cloak. My cloak is out. I, I can't survive. I'm low health. I'm gonna go sharpen my weapon and eat some food back here. If you're away from the battle, that monster's just like, oh. And he run, they run over and they go after you. 
So it's not like any other game where the monster is being distracted by everybody pulling in, you know, pulling taunts and stuff like that. No, the, the mechanics in the game tells the monster if there's a person out there trying to leech or like just spend their time, that's my target. So it comes and it doesn't just walk up to you. It jumps. <laughs> so um, one of my favorite mechanics in the game, period, is the fact that you get that Kaiju moment, right, where they are fighting each other in front of you like territory battles that's the when i first saw that i was like oh my gosh i see why they love this game because when you see it there's a there's a monster called the world eater we call him pickle because he has a big old pickle tail when he okay i just i would like to point out that it goes from a dope ass name like the world eater to pickle Pickle. (laughs) yeah everybody calls him there's pickle and then the, the 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 big one like the elder one is called angry pickle uh, or spicy pickle is what people call it. So when he comes out, his mouth, the funny thing is the world eater doesn't have a really big mouth, but he just destroys everything. Tons of hit points, big monsters. So you'll be fighting this monster. You're like, I almost got it down. Here comes pickle. <laughs> just out of nowhere, screaming. And then the monsters fight each other. He picks them up and slams them. Each monster has their own animations. So I just sit back and watch with popcorn, you know, until they both notice me or something. Uh, but that's probably my favorite mechanic of the game is that, it's not just monster versus monster hunter. They give it an environment. They give the monster. I wish Pokemon did it. Honestly, I wish Pokemon yeah. would look at each other like you're water and you. Uh, I'm electric and uh, I'm gonna leave. You know. So, yeah. No, I think when I was reading the the most interesting mechanic I read about was like they actually give a monster smell, so you can't even sneak up on them. They know they're there no matter whether you're invisible or not. I was like, wow, they really determined yeah, to give it, a lot it of stuff. It depends. You you could build your characters solely on on uh, not being noticed by the monsters and and the funny thing about that is yeah you put on things to counter that um you know there's certain cloaks you put on there's certain decorations you put on that push your stealth up but it is a reward and punishment system so we have this thing called earplugs when when i started playing monster hunter the most the thing that pissed me off the most was the monster roaring and it, it stunned my character i was like what <laughs> the monster just you know at that point i was just like well that's not fun and everybody's like, why don't you have earplugs, dude? I was like, is that an item? <laughs> like, but it was a decoration. And once you match your earplugs up when the dinosaur roar, or when the dinosaur lord, when the monster roars, you're just like, uh, you know, you're like, oh, that's scary, but you're still in battle. Um, and they have another thing for ground trimmers. When they slam the ground, your character like actually like wobbles to where you're disabled for a little bit. So those things, those mechanics are in the game. Yeah, they're really cool. They thought about everything, I feel. It's, it's amazing, like, not only just hearing you see all this, like, reading everything of, like, this was on a mobile game in 2007 and they had <laughs> yep. being Yep. Can you imagine being yourself on a bus, just all of a sudden start yelling because of this? <laughs> I can. I definitely could. Rage mode is in, definitely so, there. I rage quit the game four or five times already. I'm actually super surprised that, like, Matt, because this is, like, totally Matt's alley, and he's, like, a big grinder. Most of the time, he grinds because I refuse to pick up any jobs in, like, Final Fantasy and help him out with all the stuff he needs to do, so he's (laughs) literally everything. I'm just, like, give me me my shield. Let me go hit things. Mm. Um, But, like, I'm actually really surprised he's ever jumped into it. But I need to ask something Mm -hmm. for the people like me. Do you get pet monsters in this game? Can you tame monsters? Or is it just like, can I only kill the monsters? Or can I just have like a happy, friendly relationship with some of them too? Okay, okay so RP purposes, you can technically have a happy relationship with the monsters <laughs> by capturing them and not killing them. You can completely be passive this game unless they order you to kill a monster, which is not much. Um, so the, arguably, there are better ways to get materials by capturing the monster. You get more materials. Um, oh really is it like do you like farm them mo- like that what like essentially like you know how like you have sheep and then you shave a sheep and you keep using the pretty sheep much, like pretty much um you 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 capture them and you th- when you don't want to go out and find them in the wild you put them in an arena and you kill them i mean it's kind of brutal but uh or they kill you honestly because the, <laughs> the arena is like this big so yeah you can capture them you, you and, and but you don't get to tame them or ride them or anything like that uh there is a pig in there are pigs in, in palicos and the pig is really cute, and you can dress it in different holiday outfits. I had mine in a Christmas uh, sweater <laughs> with some, like, little bells on his head before. I had him in a Halloween outfit. Uh, the palico is the cutest thing that you're going to have uh, next to you. Now, actually, I know I know the audience is like, but, but wait. There are some monsters that you can ride, yes. Um, yes. They're like the little, small, little minion monsters. 
you do a quest and you can tame them. And that way you can get to point A to point B really fast without having to run and drain your stamina. Uh, but in Rise, you get a beautiful dog and a palico. So you can ride that dog. Those are all it. the answers I wanted. <laughs> yeah, you can pet the Give dog. Give me cute things I can either ride and or dress up in something, oh. and I'm a happy person. Oh, then you need to play, because the palicos <laughs> have the cutest dress up ever. Some of them are very embarrassing, and I, like, laugh, but they have these events. Uh, my palico had, like, an al- uh, afro and a funk outfit on, a <laughs> disco outfit. It was really cute. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but... I'm- but no, but I guess for me, that is about all I had as far as but why those and everything else. Did anybody have anything else? I mean, like I said, this before, because I do have some fun facts before we get to our final thoughts. I, I do want to ask, and obviously, like, this, for this podcast, um, like, I am very much not in the know, despite having listened to people talk about it and, like, seen a little bit of the page. Like, what would be your recommendation for somebody who's never jumped into the Monster Hunter world and is, like, looking to get in, like, looking to jump into it? Because, like, we've talked about how it can be pretty intimidating. It's mm-hmm. it's a lot of grind. Um, like, what would be your recommendation for them? Or, you know, what what would you tell them? Um, Don't skip the talks. Uh, because they do help you. Don't skip the tutorial because it, it's there to help you. Uh, most people just go, I just want to play. The tutorial's long, you know. Um, there is a uh, training area. You should take each weapon in the training area and at least try them to see how you like them. Don't go into the game expecting to hit square and X. Um, you know, jumping and sprinting while fighting is bad because you will dive to the dirt <laughs> and the monster will notice it and step on you. Uh, I learned that the hard way and I still do it. Um Start slow. I mean, don't your first few monsters are gonna be really easy, and you're gonna feel like you're very powerful. Know that you're not. Um, <laughs> don't be afraid to hit the SOS button, which means if you're by yourself and you're playing alone, you want people friends to play with you. Hit SOS. It'll send a signal out, and people will notice your um, online message, and they'll come help. If, especially if you're farming the same monster they're farming. Um, what else? Uh, sword and shield are good starter weapons. Uh, like it's like a short, short sword and shield. Uh, some people say bow is. I say no. Um, hammer is really good if you want a heavy weapon. Uh, don't be afraid of the horn weapon. It's really good. It's a support weapon. It does a lot of damage and has a lot of cool things that it can do for different scenarios. Uh, eat your meals before you go out. There's you have. They give you plenty of tickets where you can eat for free, or you can use points or money in game to. Uh, eat your meals that gives you extra bonus stats and don't be afraid to explore and 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 always farm materials if you see them near you if you see a ore mine it um because you're going to need it at some point just you never have enough but those are pretty much the basic things Uh, i think i think what people get into it it's kind of like path of exile is that people are fine with the basic stuff like okay this is how you hit something you move using your sticks this is great and when they see the big, gigantic, passive tree in Path of Exile, you're like, okay, I'm turning the game off because that's no. And same thing with Monster Hunter. You get into your first real battle, you're like, okay, I, I, that monster was not the same as the other one. I died instantly, and I keep dying, and I'm getting really frustrated, and I want to play this. There's a reason why you're dying, and that's because you're trying to do too, too many things too fast, and you're not watching the monster. You're not watching the environment. Environments hurt monsters. By the way, you can knock down trees. You can slam them into the environment. That's really cool. Yeah. That's a very cool mechanic. Yep. It's I feel like there. this is a how to play with Kate uh, <laughs> monologue here because this is basically everything Kate does not do and I, I need mean, to do. That's the yeah. cool thing about it. Yeah. <laughs> this, enti- this entire section has been an attack on me. It's fine. My first reaction <laughs> is to jump and or roll <laughs> yeah, when I mean, something's but that's... coming at me. That's how we normally, you know, go again. It's the same thing with Dark Souls. You know, people go into Dark Souls trying to hit that square button, the next button, and find out you died on the screen. You're just like, what? I just jumped off of something, right? Okay. So, what uh, is your favorite you weapon? Uh, my oh man, because there's like okay. 14 or so, Monster, I believe. Yeah, Monster Hunter World, the hammer. Um, the cool thing about weapons is each weapon is what you expect. So in our lovely video games here, you just pick a weapon based on your class. You just hit things, right? Well, Monster Hunter World, a hammer, you would want to target the head because it's a blunt object, and blunt objects stun things and knock things out. Uh, the great sword is a gigantic sword. You could go for the head or tail. Cut the tail off because you can cut body parts off. 
uh, or, or injured them. You cut the tail off. That way the tail isn't swiping at you anymore. It's like if there's a problem you have, you use the weapon to solve that problem. Um, I love the hammer because I like hitting things in the head on that game because it's really rewarding and satisfying. The impact is really well done. It's a really big problem with MMOs lately is that they don't have impact. So when you hit something, it just feels like you're just slinging noodles. Yes. Um, and you lose, you lose all your interest in the game at that point, especially when it comes to grinding, right? But this game, you're like, you're charging your hammer. You're running down. You're like, oh, I'm going to get this hit. And that monster slaps the crap out of you. You're like, okay, I need to charge a different way. You know, or you jump off of, uh, you know, I don't know, 100 foot height, you know, uh, lift. And you jump off and you're holding your hammer, your sword up, and you finally hit the monster. And it knocks it silly. And it's got like slob coming out of his mouth and it's tired. Uh, so good. So, yeah, the hammer is my favorite in this one. I think in Monster on the Rise, I'm going to use the great sword because you can use the wire bug to do jumps and flips and all kinds of crazy stuff with it. So, yeah, hammer, I would say the best. Sword and shield would be second because you do all kinds of acrobatics and you can block. It's always nice. And even though I don't play it, the bow looks really cool with people that know how to use it. See, I would only use a bow. That's it. I will never do board and shield. Honestly, for Kate, the best way would be the long sword because it's hella anime. Like... (laughs) It's so animated when you you jump in the air, go swing, and you like cut through the sword, uh, cut through the monster, and you sheath it, and it does that animation where it shows it, and then you see the blast and stuff. is really cool. That really is freaking cool. amazing. It's a good starter weapon too. Like a lot of people use it because of that. All right, so let's get into some fun facts, as this has been a very fun episode here. Um, we kind of talked about some of them already, but, you know, I kind of got in here. Um, and Frank has mentioned there have been plenty of crossover events over the years with other franchises. Mm-hmm. This includes Final Fantasy XIV, Assassin's Creed, Mega Man, Horizon Zero Dawn. Wait, 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 wait Mega Man? Yes. Yes. How do you put Mega Man in a Monster Hunter? You give him a Your suit. Palico can dress as a mega, a yep. whole Mega Man. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> has a little arm gun in there. So cute. Man. I'm Googling this. Uh, Resident Evil, The Witcher, Devil May Cry, oh just to name both of them. Um, obviously, the these range anywhere between skins and outfit to actual hunts and quests. Um, I think the they put the behemoth um, in Monster Hunter from Final yes. Fantasy. Yep. It was yep. a big crossover. And that behemoth there. is no joke. <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> okay, but also, this is adorable. Right? <laughs> this is so good. The Witcher one wasn't adorable at all, by the way. <laughs> it was those little um, those little river monster things, those little ugly things. Oh. But Geralt is in the game, and he's just like, mm. you can play as him. Yeah, so the skins that you get, you can actually play as them as long as you have the skins. That's he's really like, cool. He's going around, he's like, hmm. <laughs> footsteps looks like it was a monster i was like really (laughs) (laughs) it's so good that's honestly something that i wish that american games did more of because i feel like when we publish press when we get because whenever we get press releases for like capcom or square Mm. like it's always like these really dope like crossovers with games from like the same companies and it like the near like the near crossover with final yes. fantasy or like near uh, yokai all that stuff just like come on american games please do this more please mix them both it's like peanut butter and chocolate sometimes fortnite. you just gotta mix them up yep. oh yeah that that's fortnite yep this <laughs> yeah. is very true as much as whatever you want to say about fortnite they know what hey, they're doing and people I'm are eating not, it up and they BTS love it bts did a whole ass concert in there so like i'm good it's fortnite <laughs> got my respect when they brought my boys on so Fortnite's, yeah i was like the other day i had a pop-up saying ant-man's not here i was like man fortnite has a whole mcu soon they'll be with marvel soon disney will own them yeah. <laughs> oh god don't speak that into existence it might uh, <laughs> it might happen um next one as we kind of mentioned the cats and pigs are common uh common yes. throughout the series as pets and somewhat mounts mm-hmm. um the next one i've been waiting for kate is they apparently have these exclusive amiibos for if y'all yes. don't remember them that only exist in japan and they actually oh. look great why I'm not would a big you say ass. this is there yes. for kate when i can't buy them matt that's not because you need to look at them it's like when you said i mean you might be able to import them now but yeah okay. they're Raggles, oh, so adorable. I was like, this. I'm, I'm getting flashbacks when you sent me that $200 fat cat, and you were like, Kate, you can't buy it. I was like, then why'd you send it to me? Like, oh, don't, yeah. don't do this. That should be I will say, I'm not a big fan of the Amiibos, but those those little uh, things look great from Monster Hunter. We're actually supposed to get some, because uh, they're introducing Monster Hunter stories oh. uh, to the Switch soon, and that's the one where you have that cute little Raggles, and uh, you're a Monster Hunter trainer, I think? 
and you don't technically hunt monsters per se, but you like go out there and find your egg. It's on mobile. Go out there and find your cute little egg of your little cute little monster, and you, you raise them up, speed. and it's, it looks so good. It's on the mobile phone starting, but they're bringing it to Switch. I I saw an amiibo of it. I want yeah, to play it's that. The cute one and the, and the character. So it's. I'm telling you, I looked at that anime and I was like, I need to watch this. This just looks great. So I will say, I'm looking at these amiibos right now. I still, for the life of me, don't understand amiibos, other than that it's just more figure collecting, but Uh, somehow somehow put into a game. And I would buy all of these if I was able to. They're really neat. They import the characters that you buy amiibo-wise into certain games. Um, That's really cool. Even Smash Brothers does it, to where that amiibo character has certain stats and stuff based off of the amiibo and it's more so for the pve but you can do private uh matches with those so each game has their own amiibo and i have a i have a whole series of amiibos back here i don't remember that uh, game i forgot the name of this game but it has like the the star fox ship in it oh that's you can like add weapons but it had a whole controller port where you put the character inside the ship and it recognized the character in the ship you were playing. It was on a controller. I forgot the name of that game. That's but It's dope. a Starship game. It's really cool. Um, and as usual, as we See, always Matt, fu- and those figures have a use. Yeah, yeah, Matt yeah, doesn't yeah. like me buy figures because they don't have a use, but those <laughs> have a use. Yeah, oh, yeah, get yeah. called out. Yeah, I got all kinds of figures back here. There's plenty of use. I mean, it looks good. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then as we've always learned doing this too, um, there's actually a mon- uh, there was a Monster Hunter ride called Monster Hunter the Real that opened in Universal Studios in Japan mm. in 2017 that actually included an AR game of slaying monsters. All we've learned is Universal up. Studios in Japan and basically any theme park in Japan is 10 times better than anything we got here. Like, nope. I have always wanted to go to Japan because I'm a giant weeb, but also all the research we've done on, like, all my favorite franchises, like, and there's a theme park for it in Japan. It's like, well, now I have, well, it's COVID. After COVID. Yeah, after yeah. COVID because, yeah, we I was just talking to a friend and she was like, you don't want to come here right now. <laughs> like She was like, everything that you thought was here when you were here is now gone or torn down and everything is going to get rebuilt later. And I was like, oh, okay. Cool. All I know is I saw Mario Land and I was like, this yep. looks amazing. Did you see the giant Gundam? Yes, there's also that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That I moves? also I also saw the giant uh, Godzilla statue where you can look into his mouth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, he's actually going to be um part of the theme park, the Godzilla. Actually go in there? Like, you take a ride inside? I saw some, like, early plannings of it. It was pretty cool. Yeah, they... But we don't get any of that here. We just get basic no. roller coasters. No. We, we get just... Mickey Mouse, and he's not even there half the time. I no, know. He's not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, yeah, that's about it. So I guess we can get into some final thoughts, and then we can get out of mm-hmm. here. Um... Uh, Frank, you get to go last because we always like to let our guests like end with the great monologues and put us all to shame. Um, I guess I'll start here. Uh, obviously, I've never really played Monster Hunter. I've always been fascinated. I watch people play on stream, including Frank. I've definitely watched you play Monster Hunter plenty of times. Oh God, um, you heard me it, screaming. <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's quite fun to watch. Um, it's entertaining. I, I can see why people love this game. Um, the research here has been fascinating because, like I said, I knew it was kind of big and I knew it was kind of a series, but just learning how much, like, it was huge in Japan and it has been cool to see how it grown globally, but just learning, like I said, back in Wii, 20, 2007, people just sitting around on PSPs making this monster franchise. Um, but, yeah, I, I definitely recommend it. I will never play Path of Exile no matter how many times you bring it up because that field tree is way too difficult for me. I don't blame you. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Kate, what do you got? I want to play. I'm also, if I play, I know I'm going to die a whole bunch and I'm okay with it because <laughs> there's also apparently a pig I can dress up in a Christmas sweater. And that's really all that matters about gaming. There are three criteria for me. Are the characters hot? Are the monsters big? And are the companions cute? And if you hit those things, <laughs> I'm in. That's also why I play Final Fantasy because, like, there's they, they literally do not know how to uh, design an, an, an evil or a, a bad looking character because every time me and Matt, like, we were running, we, we were like running through content to get to Shadowbringers, and now running through Shadow, uh, not Shadowbringers, uh, whatever. Yes, it is Shadowbringers. Yeah, Shadowbringers. Um, I would just be like, oh my, because obviously we're in Discord, call. I'm like, oh my god, Matt, he's hot. He's like, Kate, he's evil. Why are you doing this again? Oh, like, no, well, not him. 
Xenos, hit me no. up. Hit me up. Yep. <laughs> but I thought she was also, talking about Heaven. Was it Heaven? Not Heaven's Ward. What was the one after Heaven's Ward? The Samurai. Uh, uh, There's uh, also Storm, Storm the Blood. giant. What's the giant chief guy? Matt, the one who's the same race as me that I kept like I did a whole like. It's from Stormblood. Um, I don't remember. Stormblood. It's from Stormblood. The giant Alra guy. Yeah, I know who you're talking yeah. about. I can't remember. Who don't know he's his the last. Name. He's basically the last one when you have to fight the whole Tribune to take a to uh, be oh. the. Oh. Uh, I think it's the hinterlands. You end up becoming the whole. I can't remember. Matt just consistently goes, "Are you paying attention to the story? You can't like these people." I'm just like, "No, I have to like these people. Look at them." Um, but yes, I'm actually really intrigued about Monster Hunter and like also like hearing your passion for it, Frank, like that has also got me really excited because it's something that I've always wanted to get involved in. Um, but kind of like hearing more about it and like obviously hearing your love for it. Consider me somebody who shall be picking up a Monster Hunter game once I have time to game because uh, nice. I'm really intrigued and it, it sounds amazing. It's great. I hope you, uh, Monster Hunter Rise will be perfect for you, honestly. It's very entry level. Um, Japan really, I'm not saying dumbed it down, but they really made it to where, I mean, it's on the Switch, so it's yeah. only so much they can do. I think when it comes out on the PC in 2022, it's going to have this whole different, like, it's not a, it's not just a port. Thank you. Because um, we were hoping that wasn't it. <laughs> but I think Monster Hunter Rise, you'll love it because you you don't have to walk everywhere, number one, <laughs> unless you choose to, because I don't think you you, you I think single player, you can have both the Palico and the dog, but you can't have both in multiplayer or something like that because yeah. of you know, things on screen. Right. Um, but anyway. That makes sense. All right. So big uh, time, Frank. Can you yes. give us your final thoughts on Monster Hunter? Yes. Uh, don't be afraid of Monster Hunter. Monster Hunter is made to be taken slow. The thing that I um, always say, the difference between us and, let's say, Japanese, since that's a big part of my life, um, is that we go super fast. Like everything that we want to do is fast, 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 fast. Um, especially in games. We want to be powerful extremely fast. We want to kill things and we want to be done and move on to the next thing. Monster Hunter is made for you to uh, slowly get into the game. It and, and Unless you make mistakes in the beginning, unless you win. So it's that, it's that allure factor. Then the game punishes you hard for all the mistakes you make. Um, and then if you keep making those mistakes, it punishes you to a point where you're not having fun and you probably want to quit. But it gives you plenty of opportunities to be better. It says, hey, you should probably eat. You're out of stamina. Hey, you should probably heal. Your health bar looks like nothing. Your sword is white now because you have no bar on it. So you need to sharpen it. So it's like stuff like that uh, that they really, really go ham on. It makes me happy to hear that Kate is wanting to try it because everyone should try Monster Hunter. Um, if you're looking for that gap that fills, because I look at Final Fantasy 14 as not as MMO, it's an experience. It is definitely a, yeah. a true RPG with multiplayer, honestly. But if you're looking for that grindy MMO, like I'm still hungering for, um, Monster Hunter can fill that void. Um, the way you can play it alone or you play with friends and it's not overwhelming to where you feel like you're not doing anything. And 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 the, the end rewards are really funny because, you know, if you got slingshot master, you only did shot some slingshot stuff at it. You didn't do anything. Um, but at least they reward you. You know, it's like they include you. <laughs> They're like, oh, yeah, that guy over there, he did something. Um, but the monsters are amazing. If you like giant monsters, go for it. They really spend their time making these monsters unique. Um, they make different levels of the monsters. When you thought you beat it first, they'll add two more abilities. They'll even melt them together, and they don't just do it out of nowhere. They'll have it where biomes later on in the game without spoilers kind of mixed together, and the monsters change depending on the biome. So if you had a creature that was fire once, if they're in an ice biome, they might have lightning and ice or something of that nature because of the fact that they adapted and they they mutated. So it's like a whole thing behind that. Um, the the voiceovers are kind of, I mean, it's, they 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 are corny for a reason, uh, you know. So don't don't hate on that too much. But it is it is an enjoyable experience. And that girl that's gonna be helping you a lot, I forgot her name, but the the retainer or whatever. And I call her retainer because Final Fantasy. Uh, she's like your your go to assistant. She's really annoying. Put her in Japanese if you don't want to hear her <laughs> jokes. I hate to say it, they're really bad. Uh, she's in Japanese for me because I just can't take it anymore. And she's always like, "Oh, you're hurt." I'm like, stop. I know. I'm dying. Thanks. No, but anyway, definitely get into it. Awesome series. Uh, Monster Hunter World is a good entry level one, but I think Rise will be even better. Um, if you have a Switch, go for Rise. If not, go with World. You're not going to find it. Their last, I think they're done with the expansions for World, um, but there's so much content. And a good piece of news I know I talk your ears off, but the best part about it is the events 
the quests, they don't go away. So, okay, if you want to see Geralt Rivia, you can. You can still do all the events. All that stuff is still there, all the Final Fantasy stuff. You don't feel like you lost out on it. Yeah, but place, I will say PlayStation did get more stuff than PC um, because I think that's where they were pushing people to go. Yeah, PlayStation. that makes sense. Awesome. That's it. So. <laughs> all right, Kate, well, get us out of here. I will, except I also I would like to point out that I felt called out again because I also don't repair my gear or weapons. So thanks. Oh, no. <laughs> Durability is definitely a thing in this game. You have to sharpen often, so make sure you do it. It's only one button. We play and Final Fantasy. You're like, why aren't I killing things? Matt's like, did oh, you you're all red? your gear? <laughs> is your stuff broken? I was like, oh, yeah. Okay, Matt, that. you got to get her crafters all up to 80 so she can repair I, stuff it's by herself. so bad. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a lot of work. Don't worry. I, I'm the same way. Okay, don't feel bad. My wife literally took my account and leveled everything uh, when it comes to crafters. So now I can repair on the fly. Don't worry. Uh, I know all about it because I'm in the guild and Winter likes to say all about it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if you see me log on nine times out of ten, it ain't me. <laughs> He's a housemate. Th- th- these are the relationships that people should be looking for. Find exactly. the person that you can play an MMO with, and they can do everything, and you can just show up and hit things. Yeah, I show up in DPS or, or tank. Do my job. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for coming on again, Frank. For Why don't me. you tell everybody who's listening where they can find you, how they can interact with you, um, all those cool things. Plug everything away. Yes, uh, my name is Technique. I'm a host, uh, actor, voice actor, and uh, gamer content creator. Uh, you can find me on twitch.tv slash Technique without the U and E. It's just like how you spell Technique, but take away the U and E. Um, not Technique for all those Technique. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you can also follow me on Twitter. Unfortunately, the guy that has the name posts once every three to four months, so I can't get it. Um, so it's Technique TV without the U and E at the T and the V at the end. Uh, Instagram is Frank Ellaby. Everyone knows my name out there, so I'm not afraid to put it out there. So if you want to know what behind the scenes of Technique, that's that account's personal uh, for me, but it's open to the public to view. It's just a lot of selfies of me being silly. Um, and YouTube is Technique TV as well. Um, slowly but surely, I'm very lazy with YouTube, but you get at least a, a video a month. Um, and we might have some shows of my own talk shows coming up in the near, near future. Um, and um, Kate will definitely be on it because she's going to be very interested in the topic of it. Uh, so that is going to be there. And other than that, just catch me on the Twitch channel. Follow that. I'm mostly there six days a week. Dope. Awesome. <laughs> Uh, and if you're listening to this podcast and you like what we do, head on over to patreon.com slash but why though PC, you get episodes early, access to all of our show notes, and you get to hear all the stuff that our producer cuts out of all the episodes after I yelled Jason really loudly because Matt's derailed us or I we've gotten into a little scuttlebutt. Um, so you can catch that all there. You can follow us on social media at but why though PC, and you can follow me at oh my myth randier. Where, what am I currently yelling about now? I think I'm just posting like manga and complaining that I can't grow on Instagram. So you can find that stuff there. Matt? Um, I will always only use a bow or I will not play. I'm bow, <laughs> ride, or die. Nice. <laughs> Bows are very interesting in rides. So I hope to see you there. <laughs>